Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Shannon Matern. Shannon is a former side hustler turned full-time entrepreneur who teaches bloggers and small business owners how to build their website, get more traffic, more subscribers, and more customers. Her clients and community call her their WordPress BFF, and you can find more about her and sign up to get the free access to her five-day website challenge at www.savvysocialhour.com slash five-day challenge. I'm super excited to have Shannon here to talk today about turning your side hustle into a full-time job. So let's dive right in. Hi, Shannon. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I cannot wait to chat more about going from a side hustle to being a full-time entrepreneur with you. So before we dive into this episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. So I am a former side hustler turned full-time entrepreneur, and my business is not only doing one-on-one web design for clients, but teaching entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, business owners, bloggers, coaches, any kind of online business owner or someone who wants to become an online business owner, how to build their website with WordPress. So WordPress is my jam. Like That's what I do. It's what I love. And the way I kind of like got into this is I had been at my day job um, for about seven years and I started to feel like really depressed and drained and I was craving freedom and I just was not happy there. So I was like, well, you know, I could start building websites for people because I do this in my day job. I love doing it. It's the only thing I really, really love about my job. So I'll start doing it one-on-one for people. And what I discovered was that working 60 hours a week for my day job and then spending another 20 hours outside of that doing one-on-one web design projects was completely burning me out. Um, There was just not enough time for it. It was not at all... um, fulfilling like I thought it was going to be. And there was no way I was going to be able to make enough money to leave my day job, um, you know, in that 20 hours working one-on-one with clients. So what I decided to do after getting completely burnt out on client work was to stop. And I just decided, look, I'm going to teach people how to do it themselves and create an online course and I'm going to give it away for free and earn money through affiliate commissions. And that way I can work when I want and I'm not beholden to anybody else. And that's kind of how I started WPBFF and the five-day website challenge. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's something a lot of people don't like start exploring until later on. So it's cool that you kind of integrated digital products and things like that, like in the midst of your services due to burnout. Cause a lot of people are like, they don't, they wait until like they're like, oh my gosh, I don't even have time because I have so much work to do that I can't even create my own products. So it's cool that you're like, okay, I, you know, I feel burnt out. Let me make a shift versus trying to do both at once, you know? Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about how you got started, like with the courses and building your list and stuff. Cause I know that is something, or I know we're not talking about list building in general, but um, that's just something people seem to struggle with. Like, you know, they have this awesome product, but like they don't know how to get people's eyes on it. I had the exact same problem. I was like, okay, I know that this is a, I know that this is a thing. Affiliate marketing is a thing. I know I can create awesome free content that teaches somebody how to do something, recommend a product that I've already spent my own money on and I love, and I know that it works. So it feels authentic and I built everything. And then I'm like, now what? Like I had no idea what to do next. So I literally Googled how to build an email list um, because I did have enough um, enough knowledge of online marketing to, to realize, okay, I got to get people on the email list to drip out this course to them and all that stuff. But I'm like, how do I even do that? So I came across Natalie Lucier's 30 day list building challenge. And I signed up for that and it basically like walked me step by step how to build my email list from, um, you know, it introduced me to the concept of Facebook groups full of entrepreneurs that are, you know, all kind of doing the same thing. And, and really it was from finding that thing online, which really inspired me even more to give away all of my knowledge for free. Cause I was like, I can't believe this is free. This is like the answer to you know, all of my problems. Yeah. Um, and it really inspired me to continue to do that. But what it also did is it taught me like how to, you know, build my email list. So I literally posted, you know, one of the things was once you get your free thing done that you're giving away to build your email list, post it in our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And I posted the five day website challenge in the Facebook group. And I was just like, I got my first subscriber, first affiliate commission. And then just people kept coming and coming and coming. I was like, oh my gosh, this is something people really need. So that was the really the first thing was just posting my awesome, free, valuable content in a Facebook group and it kind of just snowballed from there. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I remember a couple, like a year or so ago that like Facebook groups were a lot less or a lot more lax than they are now. So now you have to be a little like more strategic about how you're going to post and things like that. Cause a lot of groups are like no promo or they only have like that one promo day that is like a Saturday or something when you don't even want to be online. Um, but you know, that's a really good way to grow your list when you're first starting. Um, just because, you know, if you just drop your link and if people are interested, they sign up, you're not forcing it upon anyone and, you know, you can still get your eyes your people's eyes on your content without having to pay or anything like that. Right. And like, I know Facebook groups now have a lot more rules about promotion, but if you're, if you're, if you're coming at it from like a really helpful place, like you're literally just saying, Hey, I have a resource. If you're interested in response to people's comments, mm-hmm. um, you know, then you're not just going in and spamming a group. But like the other way I loved to use Facebook groups in the beginning is I would, um, post like, Hey, I am looking to interview entrepreneurs that built their own WordPress site. Like they didn't do it with me cause I was brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to find other DIYers and then I interviewed them, wrote a blog post about it. They shared it with their social media. I shared it with mine. It's kind of like us doing podcasts now, okay. you know, where we have audiences that I know you have value to share with mine. You know, I have value to share with, with yours and you're finding people to do that. And that's a fantastic place to find, um, other people that serve the same audience that you serve where you can um, 
you know, both share values with, with the other and get in front of the other's audience. So I love that for Facebook groups too. And it's like not spammy, not like, Hey, here's my thing. Get on my list. (laughs) Yeah. Or those like ladder posts where like comment. Yes. Or comment your favorite emoji. If you want this resource or something, (laughs) those are definitely like something that used to be pretty popular. And then that got shut down real quick because group owners were like, okay, my group is turning into like a spam fest. Right. Right. Um, so let's dive into kind of talking about, you know, side hustling and then transitioning to full-time and things like that. So when we're deciding to go full-time with our business, what kind of things should we have in place before, you know, taking that leap? So I think it all depends on your tolerance for risk. So, you know, I have a very low tolerance for risk. Uh, Other friends of mine have a very high tolerance for risk where they're like, hey, I'm just going to leap and see what happens. (laughs) Um, I am not that kind of a person. (laughs) And if you're, you know, if you are that like carefree, I want to be you, but I'm not that (laughs) carefree. So for me, um, one of the things, there are a couple things. One, I wanted to be making enough revenue in my business to not only cover my salary, but also taxes and expenses. So I set a pretty high goal of doubling my paycheck um, with with my income before I put my notice in to quit. So that's a, that's a pretty um, lofty one for somebody that's very low risk tolerant. And it takes a lot of work working full time to, to build up to that point. Um, like in lieu of that, just having, you know, three to six months in savings. Um, if you know, like, okay, you're at this tipping point where you're like, I know if I have 40, 50 more hours a week to work on this, that I can get the income up. I I know I can't do it while I'm working full time, but I know if I had that extra time because I didn't have this full time job, like distracting me from making the money, you know, just getting three to six months of your, you know, personal expenses and saving savings. And then just, you know, your basic business expenses and savings can kind of give you that like breathing room to, um, and the steady paycheck coming in. So that would be two different ways to go about it. I did both. And that's why it took me three years to quit my day job. Yeah. I mean, you just got to feel comfortable because if you dove in before you felt ready, you know, a a lot of the time people do that and then they end up having to go back to a full-time job. So it's good to be prepared in advance. For me, what I did is I uh, did the second route. So I just saved up money um, just because I knew I would be too, too exhausted if I tried to have a full-time client roster and my full-time job. And I was also planning my wedding at that time. So I was like, no, (laughs) I just can't do this. So once me and my husband got married is, and I got his health insurance is actually when I was like, okay, I'm going down to part-time in December, I will quit because my wedding is in November. So, um, you know, I just want to give them a buffer. I went down to part-time for about a month, almost two months actually, um, because our wedding was mid-November. So I went down, it was like a month and a half. I went down to part-time and I was working like three days a week for like a, or yeah, yeah, three days a week for a couple hours a day. So it wasn't there the whole day. Um, And it was really, really helpful because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I was able to focus on my business. But, um, and then afternoons, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, but it was just so nice cause I, I felt like I was giving them that buffer so that they could find someone in that period. But I also still had that, 
you know, that part-time income, even though it wasn't a full-time thing was getting my business more so off the ground. Yeah. I love that you kind of, um, like staggered that transition too. I started doing that at the end also where I'd take every Thursday off to work on my business, whether it was using vacation time or sick time or, you know, whatever that I needed to do. Um, ours was all together. It wasn't like I was like using sick time to, to do that, but, um, it was, you know, I transitioned out and I gave like a seven month notice also. But the one thing that you mentioned that like, I don't really talk much about is the benefits, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because, that's, that's something that I don't hear a lot of people talking about. It's like, yeah, I walked away from my health insurance being paid for a hundred percent. Yeah. One K match dental, uh, life insurance, all that stuff. And so, yeah, that's definitely a part of the consideration is like, okay, my husband, how much is it going to cost us to get me on your health insurance? Cause your plan's not as good as mine. That's going to be something that we're going to have, that's going to come out of our pocket more. Like I just, um, finished a life insurance, like consultation or whatever, where they came to my house and took blood and did all that stuff because (laughs) I don't have life insurance anymore. And so it's all of those things that, you know, when you're leaving your job, it's not just doubling your salary and it's not just the savings. It's like, how am I going to have health insurance? How am I going to have life insurance? Like, how am I going to save for retirement? So all those things are really, really important too. Yeah. And that's like, for me, it was like the money, the money at my job wasn't even that great. So I was like, okay, like I can kind of make this at my house and not have to worry about it with, you know, so I wasn't concerned about like making a lot of money because I already wasn't making that much money and my job sucked. So I was like, eh, well, might as well just go home and work from my house and, you know, make the same amount and then eventually make more because it was more enjoyable than doing what I was doing. So um, I think it would have been probably a little bit harder for me to leave have I been making like even just $50,000 a year, which is sad because I mean, it was, you know, marketing doesn't really pay that much when you're first starting out. Cause I, when I quit, I was 24 still. Yeah, I was 24. So, um, at that point I was just like for pretty much fresh out of college, about one and a half years out of college. So my job was just, you know, it was, we'll just say it was less than $30,000 a year and I had a college degree. So I totally remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just so funny. Cause like my husband is, um, he does, a, he's like a financial analyst and he's never started under 30,000, but we both went to college. We both got a degree and, but it's just like the major was just completely different. So he was like, he didn't understand my struggles. I mean, he was an intern at one point, but like once he actually was like full time, his salary was not even like, it was good. Mine just sucked. And I was like, okay, I'm full time. I have a degree and my salary is under 30,000. Like this is a problem. <laughs> so. Yeah. But then you're able to take all of those skills, start your own business and, you know, create your own value because if, you know, other companies aren't valuing that, um, that expertise and potential. That's one of the best things about, you know, starting your own business Exactly. that you can, uh, create a situation. You can create a community, you can create a service that people do value. And then you can, you know, your income potential is just limited by what you believe it to be limited by. Yeah, exactly. I, I could, I, now I can make as much as I want. I mean, obviously I'm not going to charge like insane prices because, you know, I just don't feel comfortable, comfortable doing that. And, you know, I just want to charge what I feel is right. But 
I am in charge of that, not exactly. another employer. So yeah, that was that was something that was like really nice when I was starting my business. Um, so what is one thing that you wish you would have known before becoming self-employed, whether this is just like, you know, having better time management or, you know, um, things like that? So, you know, it's all seems very dreamy when you're chasing it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, when you're working the full-time job that you hate and you're just like, you're sitting there dreaming about what life would be like, you know, when you don't have to go to work and you don't have to be in 17 meetings a day and like all of the drama that comes along with, with the workplace. Mm-hmm. And that all is very true. It is very dreamy to not have to do that anymore. I have no complaints, but it is stressful, yeah. um, you know, making sure that you're making enough money to, to make ends meet. And like, I've never, you know, when I, of course, like when I first got out of college many, many years ago in 2002, I was in the same situation as you. It's like marketing jobs didn't pay well. And, you know, you had to figure out a way to move up in the company or move, you know, move to different companies to get those salary jumps and all of that stuff. And so I was able to do that over the years, you know, over, well, I guess that was like 16 years ago, over the past, you know, 15 years, I was able to increase that income and increase it, increase it to a point where like, you know, I got pretty comfortable except for that, you know, I was very miserable. (laughs) And so what is a challenge now, even though I built my business up to that point, it's just like, it's never a guarantee. It is never a guarantee that every single month I'm going to hit that number. Yeah. And having that security not there is definitely unsettling. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is worth it when I think of like what having that security means. It means having no freedom. Like, the situation that I'm in is like, I I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I do think that I can have both, but you know, right out of self-employment or right out of employment to self-employment, they kind of feel like they're, you know, it's a one or the other choice. Mm -hmm. I do believe I will get to the point where I have both freedom and security, but I did not consider how that would feel in the first six months. And it, and it has been a little unsettling, a little distracting, a little bit, uh, anxiety producing. And I've had to do a lot of work, um, you know, mentally to kind of push through that. Yeah, no, I completely feel that because like I remember clearly I went back to being full time with my business in January of 2017. So about a year and a half now. And that first month was hard in terms of money because I, I'll I'll be honest, I made like $700 like before tax, I mean, before taxes and before expenses. So I was like, what the heck? I mean, of course I had my, um, savings that we talked about earlier, but it was, it was a shock because I went from getting paycheck every two weeks to making $700 for one month of not including expenses and all that stuff. And it was also like a shock because just kind of structuring my time, like choosing not to sit down and watch three episodes of my favorite TV show over working or, you know, figuring out how to manage watching TV and working at the same time. I know that sounds super silly, but that was like a big struggle, just trying to be strategic with my time and not feeling like I just wasted the whole day doing God knows what. 
I totally know what you mean. And I absolutely love watching TV while I work. It's like one of my favorite things to do. But I, you know, I find myself like, I I did really struggle with that structure at the beginning because I'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't have to go to work. I can do whatever I want. I can go get a massage today. I can go meet a friend for lunch. Yeah. I can do this. I can do that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, but I feel like I am not getting anything done and I feel like I'm stressed out. I feel like how I felt when I had a day job, Yeah. Um, you know? And so what I kind of figured out is that that structure that I get to decide on, you know, I get to sit down and decide when I'm working, but, but making that plan and making those decisions and then sticking to them actually gives me more freedom and calmness than if I just was like totally winging it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Like you just have to have some kind of structure. Otherwise, everything's going to be all out of whack. And, you know, you can't really go get massages or go get your nails done if you're not making any money. So, right. <laughs> great to have the freedom, but if the money is not, right. not then, um, you know, what's the point? So, yeah, no, that's something I definitely struggled with. And now that I'm a year and a half in, I feel like I finally got my systems down. Like I finally have a really good project management tool that I use and I finally just have everything down, but man, it took some time. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So what is your number one tip for side hustlers to kind of make the most of their time? Cause you know, obviously you, you don't have all the time in the world when you're side hustling. So, you know, what, what did you do and you know, what are things that you could have done that you wish you would have, um, during that time? So one of the biggest like kind of game changers for me, especially when I was like working with, you know, I stopped working with clients for a long time because I couldn't manage that. And, you know, the kind of more passive income side, which is kind of a myth because it like you work your butt off to make it happen. It's just more scalable. Yeah. Um, so what I decided, then I brought clients back in because people were like, why won't you just build my website for me? And I'm like, I don't want to. But then I was like, okay, I'll figure out a way to make it work. My number one tip for like that is you have to carve out time that you're just going to work on the things that are yours, that are going to grow your business, that are not for your clients at all. So like I called it like, I just started saying like Mondays and mornings are mine. Like on Mondays, I would only do my own stuff, whether that's writing blog posts, marketing, whatever it is, like no client work, nothing. And mornings, no checking emails, like none of that stuff. Mondays and mornings are mine for me to be creative, for me to market my business, for me to do the things that like were the things that I loved about it in the first place and not all the other things that everybody else wanted me to do for them. And I think that if you're going to actually grow your side hustle while it's a side hustle and while you have to go to work and work for someone else and then also work for clients and do other things, it's so important to carve out that time to do those things that um, you know, are going to grow your business like blogging and, you know, creating that online course that's going to give you some scalable income and just all of those things like carving out the time and guarding it with your life is what's going to, you know, help you bring in more money faster. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. I actually listened to the episode that you put out a couple days ago about, about Monday and mornings are mine. And I thought that was really cool. I kind of do something similar, but I didn't really define it. It was just on Mondays and Fridays. I don't take any 
like appointments or podcast calls or anything like that. I still do client work because as a social media manager, you have to be on your client's accounts sure. every single day. Like there's no, not every day, um, weekends I take off, but you know, there's no way like I could just be like, all right, I'm not going to look at your account that whole today. Um, but you know, I take Mondays and Fridays and I don't call. I don't do any like calls, discovery calls. I don't do any podcast calls. I don't do anything like that. Unless it's like a podcast where I'm going to be on someone else's podcast. I'll do that. But things like I won't do any like appointments unless I have to, like, unless it's the only time that works just because I want to give those days to be more so in my business versus, um, you know, trying to get new clients or things like that. So like I said, I still do client work on those days because there's just no way I can't, but, um, you know, just being a little bit more about myself on those days and taking the time to, you know, create products and things like that versus just focusing strictly on my clients. And doesn't it feel awesome to like not dread just hitting the ground, like grinding on a Monday? Like it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, woo, I don't have to prepare for any calls today. Like, yeah, I still got to do my regular stuff, but to me, like preparing for calls sometimes, especially like discovery calls. Cause obviously I don't want to be like, Oh, Hey, um, what's your business when I get on the phone? Right. <laughs> so I need to be a little prepared for those. So it's always nice to have those on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then not worry about anything like that on Mondays and Friday. Cause my brain can be like completely in content creation mode versus client acquisition mode. Right. So, yeah. So let's dive into the three questions that I ask everyone that comes on the show. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? I think that it means being in control of my own destiny. You know, I'm not waiting for someone to give me a job or give me a raise or give me benefits or tell, you know, I'm, I don't have anyone telling me that I can't watch TV while I work and that I can't wear yoga pants every day, you know? So I think it's like, it's that I'm in total control of my own destiny. Of course, I'm going to like make the wrong choices along the way and all of that stuff. I'm going to make mistakes, but you know, it's my, it's all my choice. So I think, you know, I think it all just boiled down to freedom. Um, and I think that that's, that's what it means to me. And that's my favorite part about it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Like not having to answer to someone has been so life-changing for me. And after like both past year and a half, my husband's kind of seeing that and he's like, you know, I'm kind of like interested in this too. Um, which I don't blame him. Like, it's really nice. And, you know, it's it's kind of hard for him to see me at home all the time when he doesn't love his job. So it's uh, just same like, with, <laughs> yeah, same with my husband. He's just like, he, he leaves the house and he's like, gotta go make the insurance. And I'm like, bye, see you tonight. I'll be right here in my yoga pants. <laughs> you know? I know sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, I, re- like, I wish you could like love your job like I love mine. But right. I mean, I think, I think it will happen eventually. We're still pretty young. He's Mm -hmm. 27 and I'm 26. Um, there's time, there's time to make things change. Um, and then what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? This can be like a project management tool, even like a, you know, like an accounting software, just something that you need in your business that just saves your life completely. I use so many tools in my business, um, but I think one that I recently discovered that I started using that really kind of just helped me get clarity on a lot of the ideas that I always have coming in my head, it's called MindMeister. 
Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like a mind mapping um, tool. So it lets you just like put a topic, like it's, I don't know how, it's almost like a brainstorming tool. You just like type a topic in the center and then you hit the tab key and it like creates this little offshoot of that topic. So if I'm thinking about, okay, what do I want to put my five day website challenge? I type five day website challenge in the middle and then I hit tab and then I type day one and then like I list all the topics in day one and then I'm like, oh, but wait, I want to make sure that I, you know, do a Facebook ad related to this. So then I'll like make another tab called marketing. And then, so it just lets you kind of follow your crazy thought patterns and kind of like keep track of it all. So it's called MindMeister. And um, I heard about it from Pat Flynn on like a smart passive income podcast or maybe in like in his Will It Fly book. But I was like, uh, this is a game changer because all of the lists upon lists upon lists and notebooks that I create that I don't even know where they are now, like <laughs> that yeah. does not help me keep track of the way that I think. Yeah, that sounds uh, great. And organize my thoughts. I'll have to leave the link to that in the show notes. Um, it kind of reminds me of this tool that I used with my business coach. It wasn't called that, but it was something similar. And we actually used it to map out my funnel for an email funnel, um, which made it so easy because it was like, okay, here's the topic. And then it like branched day one, two, three, four, five. And then it was like, okay, but if they purchase, you know, this, then they're going to go into this funnel. If they don't purchase, then they'll go to another funnel. So that's kind of how I mapped out my funnels and how I do it now. Um, but I can see how that would be useful for other things in business as well. Oh yeah. And I use it to, I use it to map my funnels also. Um, yeah. It has like that. It's just like that flow. It lets you create a flow, whether it's a linear flow or a all over the place, kind of crazy, like how my brain works sometimes flow. Yeah, and I've, I've tried doing like my mapping on my funnels on paper and like I'm not a flow type chart type of person. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like doesn't work on paper, but on the digital version, it makes it easier because I'm not having to like draw each little individual part. So that made it a lot easier. And now I'm like, okay, now I know what I want to do with my phone. Because before I'd be like, um, I guess I'll send this email. And I'd like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like um, going. I was like, oh, okay, well, these people didn't buy this product. Let's send this email. But now it's like everything's kind of automated um, for the most part. So it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Just like someone that really inspires you and you just want to pretty much consume all the content that they create. I have so many. I could not like begin to list them all here. But right now I'm like all into Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I love that one. Because I mean, and I love like – the content upgrades are just like gold. You know, every episode, almost every episode has a content upgrade. I'm like the nerd that downloads them, prints them out, three hole punches them and puts them in a binder <laughs> because I'm like, you know, this is the answer to when I get to this point of, I need to do this. Like she's already given me like an instruction in the podcast episode on how to do it. And then I have this worksheet and like, you know, it's getting an entire online business education for free in a podcast. Yeah, yeah no, I love her podcast. It's always really thorough and in, and in depth and every episode is like a really good lesson. I don't feel like I listen and I know everything, which I don't like, obviously I don't know everything, but sometimes I'll listen to podcasts and I'm like, Oh, I don't think I learned anything new from that. Um, but right. Like hers, I'm always learning. So she's a really great resource um, for podcasts and just in general. 
Sometimes I think like, you know, I wish they had, you know, of course we had the internet in 2002, but we didn't really have podcasts or like people were not doing this type of content marketing where they're putting just all this valuable content online. I'm like, if I would have had this back in like 1998 to 2002, I would not have had to spend that much money on college. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot lot of cool free resources out there. And um, it's, it's really appreciated as like someone who has bought a lot of courses and then just goes through that period where I'm like, Oh, I have all these courses that I haven't even completed. So like at this point, like I'm not, I'm on a course like purge. I mean, I am too. not buying any courses at all because I I just had too many and I didn't finish all of them or like half finished some of them and then didn't start others. So now I'm like all about the free content because I'm like, well, at least if it sucks, I don't have to worry about it (laughs) because I didn't pay for it. But yeah, um, I just am a serial course fire. I had to put myself on a course hiatus as well, because I think for me, what I discovered, it was like more of an emotional response to like, I don't like, this is going to be the answer to the one thing that's going to like, you know, take all this fear of not bringing the money in a way like this one course is going to be, you know, the one thing. And it's like, it, it never is, you know, even if it's awesome, content, which the last one I got was amazing. You know, it still takes action and trial and error and testing and changing and just continuing to, um, continuing to go after it and the time spent away of doing that, like with your nose in a book, so to speak, um, you know, kind of takes you away from like the real things that you need to do, which is to actually like put it out there, talk to people, um, you know, get clients, work with clients, figure out what their problems are and solve them. And, you know, the next course, while, you know, they have their place and I sell courses and I wholeheartedly believe in them. Like, I don't always think that they're like the best way to spend your time if you don't have a bunch of other things like working for you in your business. Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's just like sometimes when I'm consuming so much content, I get overwhelmed and then I don't do anything. So that's not beneficial either. Yeah, <laughs> like it's totally better, with you there. <laughs> it's better to just like, you know, look at a couple things and then go for it versus trying to read up every single thing you can ever do on a topic and then, you know, just being overwhelmed. Because I know a lot of people, I have a Facebook group that's free and a lot of people are like, I've consumed so much content, I don't even know where to begin. Like I'm hearing conflicting information and things like that. And my advice is always to just go for it. Like, don't try to read everything you can about a particular subject because you're just going to freak yourself out and you're never going to start your blog. You're never going to start your business. So, you know, just be very selective on what content you decide to consume because if you're trying to consume it all, you're going to just stop and not even get started with your business, which obviously is not what you want. So. Absolutely. I think figuring out, figuring it out as you go is probably a more valuable education than just listening to what worked for other people or what didn't work for other people, because what works for me isn't going to work for you. And what works for you isn't going to work for me. You know, we have to just try things and figure it out as we go. And if you're using courses and free content and all that stuff to just, you know, help give you the the choices, mm-hmm. you know, that's fantastic because if you don't know what you don't know, you can't really get started. But then, you know, just take all that information with 
with a grain of salt and just pick one thing and try it. And none of it is, um, you know, none of it's like the right thing or the wrong thing. That's what I always tell people in my community is like, the only way you can do it wrong is to just do nothing. Like that's the only way you can do it wrong. Yeah. I love that. And another thing I see a lot of people doing is they're buying like the same type of course from multiple different people and they're consuming all of that. And of course it's going to be different information because everyone has different teaching styles and everything has different things that work for them. And then they also get overwhelmed. So they spend all this money and then they don't even end up starting the business. Cause I have a, I have a um, course that is, is about teaching people how to be a social media manager. So like, you know, I, I don't know if any of my students have done this, but I've seen it in Facebook groups where people will just go and buy like three or four different courses about a specific topic. Like say they bought like four different Pinterest courses and then they go through all of them. And they're like, I don't even know what to do with my life. (laughs) That's another thing to avoid too. Like if you do want to learn from someone, kind of pick one person and pick one thing. Don't try to buy like 10 of similar courses just to piece it all together. Like if you're going to buy something, go for that one thing and then, you know, fill in any gaps along the way. Don't try to like invest in 10 different things of the same, you know, product or service and then kind of figure out, not know what you're going to do next because you're so overwhelmed with content. I totally agree because, you know, I, I do work with people like one-on-one in, um, in coaching situations and it's challenging if they are also, um, you know, following this course and working with this other coach and, and that other coach, because like we all have different ways of, of coming about things and, um, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to say, oh, well, I wouldn't do what they told you to do or, you know, all of that stuff. So, so it's, it's challenging. And I do think it, it does dilute your focus. Uh And I do think that, you know, you like, again, of course there are people out there that probably don't know what they're talking about. I haven't come across anybody that I'm like, oh, well, they, they have no clue what they're doing. Most, most people, you know, do have a sense of, of, um, knowledge about whatever level they're at in their business. They're not trying to like go beyond where they're at in their business. But I think, you know, focusing in and even if, you know, just picking that one thing, you're going to get more traction just from following one person and doing one thing. Um, even if it's not like the best thing you could be doing, you're going to get more traction from that focus than you are from, like you said, buying a bunch of different things and then just being totally overwhelmed. Yeah. And there's also this thing called context switching. I don't know if you've heard of it, but just like, you know, when you have a bunch of different things going on, your focus is limited. So, you know, really honing in on that one course or that one, you know, resource and running with that versus trying to focus on three or four different ones will really help, um, you know, solidify that and get you on the right path versus trying to do 10 things at once. Yeah, definitely. My, my own business coach was, we were just talking about this on Tuesday when I was, you know, sharing all the all the big plans that I had. And she was like, you know, the, those last four things that you mentioned really have nothing to do with that big thing you told me you wanted to focus on. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Okay. Let me press the pause button on those things. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get the same way. Like I get so excited about stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I have all these ideas and I want to do them all at once. And then, you know, release them in batches, but that's like not productive for me for creating the good course. And it's also not great for my audience. Cause then they're like, 
well, you went from this to this. What, like, what is this? <laughs> right. Like some things need to be put on the back burner because yeah, if I try to create too many different courses, not only will my audience be overwhelmed, but I will be overwhelmed as well. <laughs> Definitely. So lastly, just let us know where we can find you, your website URL, um, and your social media handles and all that good stuff. Yeah. So you can find me on my website at www.wp-bff.com. So that stands for WordPress BFF. I have a podcast called Pep Talks for Side Hustlers, uh, which you can go to that website, peptalksforsidehustlers.com. And then uh, I'm on Instagram at Shannon L. Mattern and like all my social links are linked up on, on my website. I don't know, like they're all a little bit different because there's another Shannon Mattern who's like an architect that took all my social handles. <laughs> so, um, so you can find me there, but the best place is my website, wp-bff.com. Yeah, guys, go check her out, especially her podcast because she gives really good bite-sized information, like 10 minutes or less typically, and they're really easy to consume and they're all great episodes. And spoiler, I will be on her podcast pretty soon. I'm not sure if it'll be out by the time this is released or not, but yeah. So if you want to hear from me more too, you can definitely go check that out as well. So yeah, it was so good having you, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode 54. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes Community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.